You're listening to Meeting Pod, the podcast powered by Meeting Place, the premier magazine and news source for the meat and poultry processing industry, and Alt Meat Magazine, the only business information resource for the exploding alternative meat industry. This episode is sponsored by Fusion Tech. Hi, I'm your host, Julie Larson Brisher, and welcome to episode 70 of Meeting Pod, where we're talking high tech automation and tasty innovation with Ron Godshaw, president of Godshaw's Quality Meats. Established in 1945 as a local family butcher shop, Godshaw's mission has remained the same for nearly 80 years to provide wholesome, premium meat products to family tables everywhere. Today, the third-generation-led meat processor is the largest producer of whole-muscle turkey and beef bacon in the United States, with facilities in Telford, Lebanon, and Souderton, Pennsylvania. In 2017, Godshalls converted to an employee-owned company with over 500 employee owners. Ron, who was promoted to company president in 2019, literally worked his way up the company ladder. He joined Godshalls in 1984 as a part-time employee during the company's farm market days, and his eye for the future is grounded in hands-on knowledge of what the company does best. Ron supervised the creation of Godshall's state-of-the-art USDA-certified innovation center, which opened in 2017. The R&D Center features a complete pilot plant equipped with injectors, grinders, stuffers, tumblers, emulsifiers, packaging machines, and smokehouses, all in an effort to innovate what's next in Delicious. Recently, Ron was named a 2022 Champion of Change by IDDBA and Winsight Grocery Business, an award he received in person on June 6th. Today, I'm excited to talk with Ron about Godshall's latest future forward smart manufacturing initiative. To keep up with consumer demand for their products, the company is investing $74 million to expand their Lebanon plant, which will double the size of the facility. The first phase of the expansion began in November 2021 and will add 68,000 square feet to the plant, with an expected completion in the second quarter of 2023. The second phase was recently approved to add an additional 37,000 square feet and is scheduled for completion a year later. Once completed, the Lebanon facility will be over 200,000 square feet and will utilize advanced robotics and automation, as well as continue Godshall's legacy of environmental stewardship through green initiatives such as solar power, recycling, water reduction, energy reclamation, and using clean, burning natural gas. Welcome to Meeting Pod, Ron. Really great to have you as a guest on the podcast today. Thank you. Great to be here. Well, now, you know, before we get into today's focus on your exciting new plant expansion, Ron, I want to know a little more about the company's history and mission, how you got your start in the meat business, and what you like most about your career. Well, our company, as you said in your intro, started in 1945 by my grandparents. We were very much a traditional little butcher shop of the time where he went to livestock auction on a Monday night and slaughtered on Tuesday, cut on Wednesday. And then from there, it was basically retail sales. But in those days, it was door-to-door sales. So actually knocking on your customer's door and what would you like this week and going back out to the truck and cut your order and bring it back to you. So 
I think in a lot of ways, I think even though we're we're very much processors and that's what we love to do, but we totally get customer service because that's always has been the focus of the company. That led into the farmer's market business as times kind of changed and people wanted to go to the farmer's market to get fresh meat and vegetables and bakery items. So we continue to grow that piece of the business through the 60s, 70s, 80s. I got my start in 1984. Quite frankly, my brother and I had the lawn mowing contract from my uncle at the plant. <laughs> and one day he asked me if I wanted a part-time job working in sanitation. So that's kind of how I started. So when I when I got into this business, I didn't really think much of it as a career. It was just kind of a gas money sort of thing as a as a young teenager. From there I was started working on our farmers markets and then was trained as a as a butcher, worked in the plant cutting hogs and beef and that sort of thing. So we were completely a fresh meat operation until 1993 when we got our first smokehouse. And really the mission there was really just to make our own hams and bacon that we were having made by a local company to sell at our farmer's markets. So when we got started, I was asked to run the smokehouse and develop these products. I knew meat, but didn't know anything about processing and probably learned the best from your failures. And I had many. (laughs) Fortunately, in those days, they were uh, failures came in the hundreds of pounds, not tens of thousands. But anyway, developed those products. And then that kind of led into a a time period where farmers markets were really struggling and supermarkets were doing a better job. It was before the whole clean label, antibiotic-free, organic phase, know your butcher and where your meat came from. So it was it was a time period that we would have been struggling if we wouldn't have jumped onto the processing train. And then we quickly realized that there's too much competition in our area. So we really need to to focus on niche products and things that can make us uniquely special, which kind of is what led us to the alternative bacon category and mostly turkey bacon is, is what we're known for. So we continued to grow. And, and I remember in the early days, it was me and one other person in processing. And I would go to my cousin and say, hey, I need more help and get a third person and just kind of grow from there. In 2000, we started working with Kutztown Bologna after they had a fire, bought that business in 2001, and that was some regional products, Ring Bologna and Lebanon Bologna. That actually, at the time, doubled our production that we were doing, which was uh, put a lot of constraints on our main plant here in Telford. And then we started working with the Daniel Weaver Company in Lebanon in 2003 and ended up doing that acquisition in 2005. So that's the Lebanon plant where we're doing this expansion at. Well, what what do you like most about working in the meat business? I've always been a foodie person and, and I always love to cook and love to, to feed people. And, and there's a really cool synergy between meat processing and actually knowing what to do with that finished product. And I think it, it helps a lot in designing product and, and evaluating uh, product out in the marketplace. But I, I just, I just absolutely love it. I love, uh, I like to say we work for compliments. I want to make product that we're very proud of and product that don't just buy because it's the the economic choice, but because it's the best choice. Yeah. You know, I think that people who, especially people who manufacture or produce bacon products have the highest job satisfaction of anyone in the industry. <laughs> that is very true. That yeah. is very true. And, you know, it's, it's really, it's a great time for the bacon category. I mean, although our, our 
staple uh, mainstay turkey bacon is a is a leaner option. But you know, we reached a time now that carbohydrates are what a lot of people are trying to remove from their diet, not so much the fat. So it's it's a great time to be in the bacon business. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, let's uh, dive in now to this plant expansion that we're going to talk about a little bit today. So the news about Godshall's $74 million plant expansion at the Lebanon plant is really exciting. What What were the drivers and considerations for doing that expansion and maybe specifically for adding more high-tech automation and robotics at the plant? So when we bought the facility in 2005, we uh, came back in a matter of months and built a standalone warehouse for finished product storage. And it was always our desire to get out of the original buildings. Uh, the company had been around for over 100 years, and some of the buildings kind of showed that. So we were working towards getting everything under a brand new roof. We put on a couple additions and moved manufacturing up to the new standalone building. And then in 2016, we had a fire in the, one of the old buildings and, and took out all of our smokehouses besides the ones that we had put in the new facility. So we made it work. We moved things around and, and fortunately call it divine guidance. But two weeks before that fire, we had just opened a warehouse in Souderton. So we were able to move product out of the Lebanon warehouse and then utilize that space for manufacturing. So we made it work and we never missed a beat with uh, with filling orders and taking care of our customers. But it kind of set a tone where the things were out of skew and we didn't have nearly enough holding capacity for raw materials and processing. So the first phase of this expansion is all before the thermal process. So we're putting in uh, refrigerated storage, we're putting in freezer storage, inline microwave thawing system, separate processing lines, three dedicated lines in separate rooms for washdown. Because now, of course, you know, with allergens and whatnot and all the different types of proteins that we work with, organic, antibiotic-free, hala, they all require washdowns and restarts. So we're really setting ourselves up for the way we do business to kind of be that niche marketing company. So this expansion is not going to add any more capacity as far as smokehouses, but it's going to give us a whole lot of flexibility and it's going to give us the the opportunity to, to really practice constraint management, having product ready to go in the smokehouses when it needs to get there. The second phase then will add additional five different 12 truck smokehouses with additional packaging lines. Wow. Wow. What kinds of automated or robotic systems are going into the Lebanon plant? And what performance or productivity benefits do you expect to achieve from each of these types of systems? Yeah. So with our product line, it's automation has been very difficult because, you know, we look at it like if we're going to be the alternative baking company, we need to be able to supply our customers with any way they want that alternative bacon, whether it's you know, chicken bacon, turkey bacon, beef bacon. So we need to have flexibility into our process. So we're really trying just to key in on the areas that can be automated. So what we're automating is the packaging loading. For one, it's just obviously it's faster. It kind of takes away from a from a simple job, but it creates less touch points. You know, in our business, after the thermal process, we're always concerned about the safety of our product, the shelf life of our product, and one of the best things you can do for your product is to remove touch points. In addition to that, in processing, 
just keeping a system that doesn't require somebody pushing dumper buggies and loading onto a lift and just where you basically dump the product in the beginning and don't touch it again until it comes out the end of the stuffer. Sometimes when people think of automation, they think about, oh, you know, you're taking away jobs. Um, no, we're not taking away jobs. I mean, I look at it as working smarter, not harder. What it does, it really just shifts jobs. I mean, the, the technology that's available today is amazing. And let's let's utilize it. You know, so if we if we maybe lose a production worker, they're, we're not going to lose them because the way the company is growing, they're going to be repurposed. And then we'll probably end up with more mechanics and engineers. Right. Yeah. We're hearing a lot more about reskilling for this yeah. digital transformation. Right. And like you just said, a lot of a lot of companies are ha- taking a, an approach to putting in automation that's very incremental. You know, you put it in the places where it makes sense to put it and and exactly like you just said, to reduce the touch points. But it also solves some labor shortage issues, you know, along the way. But you're right. The, the you're not really losing. You're needing to just reskill people in this in this different way of work. Right. And we recognize too that our success is not because of myself and my cousin and our other partner Floyd Kratz, uh, my cousin Mark Gotcho. It's it's not because of us. It's because of our people. We've been able to collect fabulous people over the years. And, you know, even though not everybody who works here has a last name Gotcho, we are a family business. And that's exactly why we went down the road of ESOM, because we're concerned about what the future of this company is, and we want to secure that future. And everybody who contributes here who loves this company is part of this family. And now we'll take a brief break from our conversation to hear a message from this episode's sponsor, Fusion Tech. Improving yields and consistency is possible in a Fusion Tech smokehouse. Our patented airflow technology allows you to set the location and duration of the oven breakpoint, meaning you can reduce the amount of overcooked and undercooked product on each rack. The result? Our customers have seen up to a 10% increase in yields, up to a 28% increase in consistency, and up to a 35% decrease in cook time over their previous oven. Improve yields and consistency across your product. Learn more and request a quote at https.ftiinc.org/ovens. Now back to the podcast. Well, you know, that's like a great old school way of doing business, putting your employees at the top, but you're kind of an ultra modern meat facility at the same time. Um, how do you think that's going to impact Godshall's legacy as an environmental steward? Environment is very important to us. I mean, we have to stay on on top of things. And people talk about factory farms. And, you know, yes, it's true that when you have a factory and it's growing and you um, end up having all the all fall in contamination and wastewater and all. Well, yeah, that's a fact of life. And unless we all want to go back to raising a couple goats and sheep and chickens in our backyard, it's kind of the way society works. But we still need to do everything we can for the environment. That's why when it comes to any of our waste products that are coming out of our plant, we're looking for for landfill-free solutions to get rid of trash and whatnot. And then when it comes to energy, We don't want to just, yes, there's regulations are coming our way, but we want to stay ahead of them. We don't ever want a regulation to come out and we have to play catch up. 
So that's why as we continue to build, we continue to add solar energy. It just makes good sense. How much solar energy do you have going on at the plants? Right now, it's hard to say with where our production is. And because of this expansion project, we had to temporarily take down some solar panels that we had that were on the ground as opposed to on the roofs. But I'd say company-wide, we were probably running about 25% solar energy, which in some industries wouldn't sound like a lot. But in our industry, remember, everything that comes out this door had to be heated up and then chilled back down again. So we use an awful lot of electric. Right, right. That's great. Well, I'm going to ask you one more question today, Ron, and it's really about Godshall's, well, maybe one or two, but it's really about Godshall's consumer research into product claims. Based on some of the findings of that research, I know you've rolled out a new logo and packaging that's really accentuating the premium quality and attributes of your products. And earlier this year, you launched the label's new Angus Steak Uncured Beef Bacon product. Gosh, does that sound good? Can you tell us a little more about your findings of this research and how the research findings influenced your like marketing approach or product innovations? Sure. Even when I talked about where this company started from, I think the key to any business, and what doesn't matter if you're in the meat business or even in the food business, is understand your customer and understand their concerns and allowing your company to morph into what your customers want. So we put a lot of time and money into researching our customers and understanding, obviously, if we're selling more products, somebody likes your product, but why do they buy gotchels? What makes us uniquely special and what points are we hitting and what other points can we hit? So those, those key things seem to be certainly the, the breed, the Angus steak bacon was a big thing. People are very concerned with sodium, of course, and we keep our sodium to a, you know, to a point to not offend many, you know, and then from there, of course, the antibiotic free and all natural claims. We're really doing a push for our Gotchels brand because, you know, it seems to be in this post-COVID, well, I hate to even say post-COVID, but in the, the COVID environment, you know, people are, are really excited about a family company, a small company, and knowing where the product came from. We have been involved in private label for ever since we started doing this. You know, I said earlier that, you know, we're kind of meat processors first. So we were always the people who were happy to go see a customer and say, hey, what do you want? Because we can make anything you need. And uh, we did an awful lot of private label and we did an awful lot of Went down a lot of roads that we're not doing today. We were in the whole buffalo, ostrich, emu craze, all that back in the 90s. So uh, we play around with that. But one that you think that we got involved in the late 90s was uncured products. And at the time, I remember the first time somebody asked for that, I was like, you want what? It seemed really bizarre and never really expected that to go anywhere. And it really did. So this company has been making clean label uncured products for 20 years. And there's not too many companies our size, I think you can say that. But that is something that the consumer is is very excited about. Less ingredients, clean ingredients, knowing where the product's coming from, and then seeing those nutritional claims right in the front. Because when that customer looks at your product, you have about three seconds to decide whether they're going to put in their shopping cart or not. So we want those claims right at the forefront because we're proud of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I, it's funny that you're saying that because I feel like a lot of times I feel like I'm Jane consumer because I 
also have sort of ridden a little bit of that uncured products, but I also kind of have been introducing before COVID. I, I had a very like low carb, high protein diet going, you know, was getting super fit. COVID happened. So, you know, put on the, the COVID pounds or whatever, but I'm sort of coming out of that now. And I think I'm, I think I'm reflective of most consumers really i'm like oh i'm going to do those healthier things i was doing before and i am going back to a lot of turkey products a lot of turkey products even i was just telling bill folk from butterball a couple of episodes ago about this great turkey crust pizza that i make and you know there was oh, one when it's really good i'll send you the recipe but it's, it's like but on top i actually sprinkle turkey bacon <laughs> <laughs> so much turkey but you can have a lot of turkey it's super low fat you know it's all it's all good so anyway i feel like maybe i'm on trend finally <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> well you know and, and turkey is a protein that that really people need to consider you know you think of obviously beef and pork and and chicken but turkey is so versatile it really is yeah but you kind of have me salivating over this Angus steak and curd beef. Uh, we have some Angus steak right up the road here from from me and here in uh, McMinnville, Oregon. And I kind of always look at those Angus <laughs> cows and go, mm. <laughs> <laughs> but that bacon sounds really good. Now that was just launched in January, right? You just did that in January, last fall, actually. Oh, yeah, last the, the fall. Push, yeah, we we started advertising the retail. 10 ounce package, which is out now that started in January. Oh, okay. But, gotcha. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We had a club pack before that. Okay. But, uh, yeah. And that, that came out of, we, uh, we've been making beef bacon ever since our farmer's market days and it's a great product, but because it's completely a whole muscle product from the navel, it tends to be inconsistent when you're dealing with, you know, select choice prime cattle and, and getting enough of it became a problem. So we kind of, kind of sat down at the R&D center one day and said, okay, how can we redo this and do this the best way possible, you know, to get consistency, you know, like our turkey bacon from, from one pack to the next, you're getting the exact same product. Cause that's what customers really want. I mean, when you get focused in on brand and you have a brand that you buy, you buy that because you know, it's exactly the same every time. And uh, that's kind of where the Angus steak bacon started from is, you know, what's the best way we can do this? And we got to the point of, well, you know, this isn't really just bacon. This is steak. We're using steak cuts. So let's celebrate that. Right. <laughs> well, I want to thank you, Ron, for taking the time to spend with us today on Meeting Pod. And sure. um, listeners, Finding out more about Godshalls Quality Meats is easy. Just visit www.godshalls.com. That's G-O-D-S-H-A-L-L-S.com. There you'll find more information about the company's mouth-watering lineup of turkey and beef bacon products, along with more information about how the Godshalls team remain dedicated to supplying premium smoked meat to customers nationwide. And for a deeper dive into how Godshalls makes the bacon and a lot more to suit a variety of evolving consumer preferences, read editor Tom Johnston's company profile, Any Way You Slice It, in the May 2020 digital issue of the magazine, available online at our website, 
www.meetingplace.com. You can also head over to the website to access our technical article archives to get more smart manufacturing advice from our Industry 4.0 Connect newsletters. Thanks again, Ron, and congratulations again on the IDDBA recognition. It's well-deserved. Thank you. And thanks to our sponsor, Fusion Tech. Thanks for spending time with Meeting Pod today. Remember to tune in on Mondays and get the inside track on the people and processes that power the protein supply. Be sure to subscribe to Meeting Pod on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow Meeting Place and Altmate magazines on social media or visit our websites at meetingplace.com and alt-meet.net.